the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Joseph could see and understand the sovereignty of God and his life and see how God orchestrated all of those events that happened to him over the last 20 years to, to bring him to this place and to put him in this position for this day and for this event when his brothers show up. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, a verse that we know so well, for God works all things together for good for those who are called by God and love God. Whether we care to admit it or not, many of us struggle with maintaining a healthy perspective regarding the sovereignty of God. It's all too often that we find ourselves in a state of concern, worry, or sometimes even flat-out panic. However, as Pastor Dan will remind you in his message today, one of the best examples of God's sovereignty is none other than the life of Joseph. In his study, you'll gain a better understanding of how God works in and through the trying times of life that seem otherwise hopeless. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 42 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verse 5, and the sons of Israel went to buy grain. Look what it says. Among those who journeyed, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. So there were large numbers of people from the land of Canaan who went down to Egypt to buy food because of the famine. And there are actually Egyptian writings from the time that talk about this seven-year famine and talk about people coming from other nations, other lands to Egypt to buy food. Food, confirming what the Bible says. And then in verse 6, Joseph comes face to face with his brothers. Now Joseph was governor over the land. And it was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came, look what it says, and they bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Do you remember Joseph's dreams? When he was a kid, when he was a teenager, Back in chapter 37, remember his brother's sheaves bowed down to his sheaf. Joseph had that dream more than 20 years ago. And think about all the things that have happened in Joseph's lives, his, his life during that 20 years. All of, all of the twists and turns and trials and ups and downs. And, and now that dream is coming true. His brothers show up one day, and they bow down before him. And what thoughts must have flooded Joseph's mind in that moment when he saw his brothers and and recognized them, and they came in and they bowed before him, and that 
those dreams came to mind. Maybe for the first time, Joseph could see and understand the sovereignty of God and his life and see how God orchestrated all of those events that happened to him over the last 20 years to, to bring him to this place and to put him in this position for this day and for this event when his brothers show up. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, a verse that we know so well, for God works all things together for good for those who are called by God and love God. And maybe Joseph can see the good now. The good that came out of everything that happened to him with his brother selling him into slavery and being brought down to Egypt and sold to Potiphar and Potiphar's wife and that whole thing and the false accusation and Potiphar throwing him into prison and that conversation, that one conversation in the prison with the butler and then Pharaoh's dream and being appointed governor of Egypt and this whole famine thing and, and all those things in Joseph's life were, were leading to this. And he can see it now. Verse 7 says, Joseph recognized his brothers, but they didn't recognize Joseph. For one thing, you know, 20 years have gone by, and they never expected to see Joseph in the position of governor of, of Egypt. Plus, Joseph was a teenager when they sold him into slavery. Now he's almost 40 years old, and he's dressed like an Egyptian. He talked like an Egyptian. He walked like an Egyptian. You know, the whole thing here. But I want you, listen, I want you to put yourself in Joseph's sandals for a moment. His position. You have the opportunity to take revenge on your brothers who have, who have wronged you. You have the opportunity for vengeance. And so what do you do? Man. What do you do if you're Joseph? I don't know about you, but there is a part of me that wants Joseph to say to his brothers, I am Joseph, the 11th son of my father, Jacob, the grandson of Isaac, the great-grandson of Abraham, your brother that you sold into slavery. And today I will have my vengeance. You know, prepare to die kind of thing, you know. Or at the very least, I want Joseph to say, I'm not giving you any food. Get out of here. I don't ever want to see your face here again. Joseph is much more godly than us. Joseph has the power to do whatever he wants to do to his brothers. He's, got, he's, the, he's the second most powerful man in Egypt. He's got the power to exact vengeance on his brothers, to take revenge here. And Joseph chooses forgiveness. He chooses forgiveness. He's got the power to destroy them, but he chooses forgiveness and reconciliation. You know, Romans twelve nineteen says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And Joseph chooses forgiveness over wrath 
He chooses forgiveness over revenge. He chooses reconciliation and pursuing reconciliation with his brothers. Verse 7 says, Joseph saw his brothers and he recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. And he's speaking through an interpreter. He's speaking Egyptian. Then he said to them, where do you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. And then Joseph remembered the dreams, which he had dreamed about them. And he said to them, you you are spies. You have come to see the nakedness uh, of the land. Now, at the time, uh, the the Canaanites often made raids into Egyptian cities. Uh, So for him to make the accusation that they're spies, that's actually something that, you know, was happening at the time. In fact, in Egyptian writings from the time, uh, the Egyptians referred to the Canaanites as throat slitters. Because they would come down and invade and, and raid villages and kill the people. And so Joseph accused them of being spies who had come out to come down to scout out the, the, the storehouses for a future raid. And they said to him, No, no, my Lord, but your servants have come to buy food. We're not spies, we're just here to buy food. We are all one man's sons. We are honest men. Your servants are not spies. They describe themselves as honest men. Isn't it amazing how we can see ourselves, right? And how we can just kind of forget about our sin and how we can forget about our character flaws and how we can forget about our failures and we can say of ourselves, I'm an honest person. Well, what about that lie you told? Yeah, but other than that, I'm an honest person. Or how about this one? I'm a good person. Right? You hear people say that. Just this personal assessment here. I'm a, I'm, I'm a good person. Well, no, you're not. The Bible says that there's no one that's good in God's eyes. That we all, we all fall short. We all, we all sin. That's why we all need Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus Christ came and died on the cross. He didn't die for good people. He died for sinners. That's why we all need Jesus Christ to save us. So it goes on in verse 12. He said to them, no, but you have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said, your servants are 12 brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan, and in fact, the youngest is with our father today, and one is no more. Now, I want you to turn over to chapter 43 and look at verse 7. In chapter 43, verse 7, this is when uh, the brothers return back to Canaan, and they are uh, retelling what happened to their father Jacob. And in chapter 43, verse 7, they said to Jacob, the man asked us pointedly about ourselves and about our family, saying, is your father still alive? Have you another brother? And we told him, according to these words, could we possibly have known that he would say, bring your brother down? So Joseph 
pointedly asked about their father, is he still alive, and do you have any other brothers? Which I'm sure they probably thought, those are kind of some strange questions to ask us. Joseph wanted to know, is dad still alive? Is dad okay? Is is my brother Benjamin still alive? And he's also, also asking these questions because he wants to know what his brothers will say about him, Joseph, and what happened to him. Will, will they even say that they have a, another brother, a 12th brother? Will they even acknowledge the existence of Joseph? So he's, he's, he's probing here to try to get that information out of them about his father, about Benjamin, and what they're going to say about him and what happened to him. So verse 13 Again, look what it says. They, they say, we're, we're 12 brothers. So they don't, you know, they acknowledge that they've got this other brother. The sons of one man in the land of Canaan. In fact, the youngest is with our father today. And then they say of Joseph, and one is no more. And I want you to note here what they say about Joseph, because what they say about Joseph, is, it's, it's really vague, their answer about Joseph. When they say, he, he, he's no more. They don't say, we, ha- we have another brother that, that is dead, or we have this other brother that's passed away. They, they say, he, he is no more. He, he's not with us anymore. And again, the sense here is not like, he's, he's died. They're not saying that. The sense is, we got this other brother, we, we, we don't know what happened to him. We, we don't know. In truth, they don't know what happened to Joseph after they sold him into slavery. They, they don't know if he's alive or dead or in Egypt or somewhere else. They, they don't know what to say about Joseph. And, and so they just kind of give this vague answer, and, and he's no more. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. If you were having this conversation and they're answering in such a way that you would know mm, there's, some, there's, there's a story there, they're not comfortable talking about it, the way they answer this. You know, you have those conversations with people sometimes and they maybe mention a family member and you can tell there's a, there's a backstory with that family member and they don't want to talk about it. That's kind of the answer here. So he, he's no more. And it's interesting that they don't say, because we got rid of him. <laughs> he is no more because we sold him into slavery and we don't know what happened to him. Again, they just give this really vague answer about Joseph that leaves the impression they're uncomfortable talking about Joseph and what happened. But Joseph said to them, verse 14, It is as I spoke to you, saying, You are spies. In this manner you shall be tested. Joseph's going to test them. By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Joseph comes up with a test. 
and he wants to test them to see if they have changed at all in the last 20 plus years. And he's going to put them into prison. And, and he plans to send, he's going to put them all into prison, and he plans to send one brother back to get Benjamin and have that one brother bring Benjamin back to Egypt. He says, verse 16, send one of you and let him bring your brother and you shall be kept in prison that your words may be tested to see whether there is any truth in you or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. So he put them all together in prison three days. But then Joseph changes his mind of how he's going to test them. So verse 18, then Joseph said to them the third day, do this and live for I fear God. He says, I fear Elohim. That's your God, right? He, he's dressed like an Egyptian. He looks like an Egyptian. He's talking like an Egyptian, right? The Egyptians have different gods, Ra, An, all these other gods. But he says here, I fear Elohim. I fear your Hebrew God. And I want you to notice too that, that, that Joseph is changing his behavior, making decisions He's motivated by his fear of God. That's motivating how he's handling this. That that is kind of the, the overarching motivation for him. And you, we read it and we wonder, well, why doesn't he just take vengeance on them? Why doesn't he just seek revenge? He's got the power. He's got the position. He can do He fears God. He fears the Lord. And the, the fear of the Lord is a, is a good reason to act in a way that is honorable and godly. Right? And sometimes uh, we have to crucify our flesh and not act in the flesh out of a fear of the Lord. Because we want to obey Him. And we want to honor Him. Our flesh may say, vengeance, revenge. But no, I, I want to honor Jesus Christ. I want to I please Him and I want to do what's right in His eyes. I fear the Lord. So he goes on in verse 19 to say, if you are honest men, as you say, which I know you're not, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house, but you go, all of you now, go and carry grain for the famine of your houses. He's got a concern for his family that's back in Canaan, right? You see his heart here. And bring your youngest brother to me so your words will be verified and you shall not die and they did so. Joseph, instead, he decides, out of fear of the Lord, he decides to keep one brother in prison, send the other brothers back to the land of Canaan with grain for their families and his father and Benjamin, and send all the brothers back to get Benjamin and bring Benjamin back to Egypt. And, and Joseph is testing his brothers to determine if they've changed at all. And he does this because you can't have true reconciliation with someone that has wronged you if there's not repentance. If they haven't repented of the sin, if they haven't repented of, of the behavior, you can forgive them. You can forgive them without them repenting. But you can't have like true reconciliation and restoration in the relationship if they haven't repented and changed their behavior. So he's just kind of testing them here. And the way he's going to test them is by putting them 
in a similar situation to the one in which they betrayed him. One of the brothers is now kept in prison. Remember, they put Joseph in a pit. So one of the brothers is kept in prison. The other brothers can save him by returning with Benjamin, or they can just save themselves and abandon the brother in prison and go back home to Canaan Canaan and never come back. So it's a test. Have they changed? What will they do to, to this brother that's in prison? Now, look at verse 21. And they, then they said to one another, now they're speaking Hebrew. They don't realize that Joseph can understand what they're saying. So this is a conversation they have among themselves with one another. We are truly guilty concerning our brother. For we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us. And we would not hear. Now that's new information. We didn't, they did, that wasn't in the previous chapter when Joseph was sold into slavery. But apparently, understandably, Joseph was in anguish and pleading with his brothers as they sold him into slavery. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. Verse 22, and Reuben, Reuben's the oldest brother, he answered them saying, did I not speak to you saying, do not sin against the boy and you would not listen? Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. You know what Reuben says? I told you guys not to do this. I told you not to treat him this way. And now look, look, look at the situation we're in. But they did not know that Joseph understood them for he spoke to them through an interpreter. So the brothers have this conversation. They don't realize that Joseph can understand. And what we see here is that the brothers are still filled with guilt over selling Joseph into slavery more than 20 years later. You know, sadly, some people carry around guilt for something that they did wrong, some sin, some mistake, some bad decision. And they carry that guilt with them for sometimes 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Where it's still there. It's still this weight upon their soul. Decades later. So I want you to see here that there's really two stories here in this chapter that are running parallel to each other. You, you have the story of someone who needs to forgive. And you have the story of brothers who need forgiveness. So you've got someone who needs to forgive, and you've got some people who need forgiveness. And quite often in a conflict, that's the way it is. There's someone in, the, in one party in the conflict needs to forgive and choose to forgive. And the guilty party needs forgiveness. Joseph needs to forgive his brothers for the wrong that they did to him. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 says, You should forgive even as Christ forgave you. We forgive others because Jesus Christ forgave us. I'm not saying that it's easy to forgive always. I'm not trying to minimize the severity of the wrong committed or the pain suffered. That's all real. But we are called to forgive others who have hurt us. And often the person who hurts us or wrongs us, they don't even realize they hurt us. Or they don't realize how deeply they hurt us. Or they forget about the incident and just move on with their lives. 
and don't even think about it. And we're just kind of left behind with unforgiveness and, and hurt and pain. And, and that, that can grow into bitterness in our hearts. And so we, we, need, we need to forgive others so that we can be free from the unforgiveness and free from the bitterness and free from the burden of it. He asked me how I know and I say brings truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Genesis. This Old Testament book of history and the start of what God created teaches you much about God's plan for the future. We hope you'll continue to tune in for Pastor Dan's studies. If you ever have any questions about what you've heard or would like someone to pray with, would you give us a call? You can reach us by calling 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. You can also fill out the prayer request form at calvaryec.com. Just click on the Connect tab to access it. We'd love to meet you in person, too. If you're in Columbia, Maryland, please join us this weekend for worship and studying Scripture together at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. There'll be time to meet your brothers and sisters in Christ, too, and to spend time in prayer. We look forward to sharing this time of worship together with you. You'll find service times and directions at our website, calvaryec.com. While you're there, please be sure to check out additional teachings from the Bible. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Once more, that's calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. There's much more to gain through this study through the book of Genesis. So be sure to join us next time on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.